Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 243. Yeah. Oh my lord, it's been a minute. We're, We're back, back baby. baby! I mean, to the listener, <laughs> we never mm. left. But we didn't. You and we I snuck it in. banked up some episodes. Yep. We, you you went on a, a lovely uh, vacation for your birthday. I, I did. sat around and watched horror movies and ate pizza. <laughs> so in a way, we both had a pretty lovely October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we haven't met and talked, and that's why it's so great. We haven't met and talked. No, this is <laughs> for this is such fourteen a treat. days. It, it is. It what you know? What sucks is there was like news and stuff coming out while we yeah. were gone. I mean, it, that's the yeah. nature of news, right? It keeps happening. Yeah, it and, does. Doesn't uh, go on hold. You know, like I was like, oh my god, Garth Ennis is writing James Bond, and I'm not going to get to yes. talk about it on the podcast. Got I it. had the same. Yeah, got it. Stuff in like the that wire. kept happening to me too. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, it's it's nice. There's a different energy in spooky season and recordings mm. and mm-hmm. i'm i'm currently sitting in front of my computer wearing a, a legitimately wearing a kimono it's what 65 degrees outside wow. i'm drinking pumpkin spice <laughs> coffee i am like oh. peak relaxation already i'm ready to roll my guy <laughs> this is my time so, I, everyone everyone should uh it's funny that you say 65 mm. like that's actually not add four uh, and you got something what is it here it's 57 actually it's not even that much colder oh yeah um (laughs) no i am so ready to go like i do miss uh recapping the news and talking about my favorite comics every week like i was still reading comics the last two weeks and um there was some stuff i wish i could have talked about same yeah you know what the listeners you know you got to listen to basically two weeks of awesome batman uh, interviews. That's um, right. Essentially, with Chip Zdarsky and, and Christian Ward. Yeah, and we are back just in time for mm-hmm. the release of City of Madness, so we can talk about it yes. even more. <laughs> if we didn't sell it to you enough when we were telling Christian Ward he's a genius, <laughs> we get to do it again this week. Mm-hmm. And we're right in time for New York Comic Con, which is taking place right. as we're recording this. Yeah, someone, uh, look, I saw on Twitter, someone pooped uh, on the convention floor yesterday. Yes. So it's, it's apparently, it's a party. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't usually happen. I'm not sure if that's ever happened at a convention, or at least no one's reported on it. <laughs> not at NYCC, I don't think. Like, right. I feel like, if, I feel like if it happened every year, people wouldn't go. Yes, that's true. Yeah, if it was like an annual thing, like yeah. that's how they like come like kicked it off. That's how they christen it every year. Yeah, they don't they don't open their doors until someone takes a dump. <laughs> uh, but you know what's surprising is, even though that made the news, mm. there is an insane amount of shocking comic book news that's like mm-hmm. potentially sh- earth shattering to the industry. Um, yeah, I say this because, of course, if if poop is making the news, then that must mean there isn't a lot. But there is quite a lot of news to get through. It's true, and I I gotta say, like, yeah, the big news. We're also recording this at uh, on Saturday morning, uh, October fourteenth. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, we've gotten some uh, press releases ahead of time that we're going to talk yep. about, but there's probably going to be even more surprises later uh-huh. on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll no doubt still be catching up on New York Comic Con next weekend. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. There'll, there'll, there'll probably be a couple uh, nuggets to get through. And I, the I, Women of Marvel panel usually takes place on Sunday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right on. To kick off New York Comic Con, Keith Giffen uh, left us a message, and he said, I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks, 
Keith Giffen, nineteen fifty two, twenty twenty three. Ha ha. Yes, we've lost comics legend Keith Giffen. You know, He's passed away at seven years old. I I th- th- this genuinely broke my heart. I am such yeah. a massive Keith Giffen fan, but I gotta say. Mm-hmm. The message that he posted on Facebook is the most Keith Giffen way he could have announced yeah. this ever. Like it, it, it somehow did not make it okay, but made it feel a little better in some mm-hmm. ways. Like I, mm-hmm. like it, it's it, yeah. I don't know. I I just I truly love his sense of humor. Yeah, I grew up reading you know Justice League and Justice League International. Uh, ambush bug was like one of my dad's favorite comics that he like got me on, yeah. into as when I was a kid. I loved him on Dr. Fate and doom patrol and uh, mm-hmm. Starman uh, And you know, all, you know, he would, he's the kind of guy that you'd bring in to work on, you know, a, a couple of issues to just like spruce up your run too. like everyone. I just feel like everyone really loved Keith Giffen Oh, for uh, sure. And you can see that we were just talking off mic about in the new Fire and Ice series by Joanne Starr, like is so indebted to Keith Giffen's work uh, in, in, in such a lovely way. It feels like a love letter to to his Justice League. And uh, I just, yeah, I this is such a tremendous loss. But I that post made me feel like, OK, he he, he knew it was coming, you know, and, and mm-hmm. he's oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's he's OK. Like, I know he, he I know he had a stroke, um, yeah. but I don't know, you know, anything, you know, the complications and stuff that happened after that. But uh, just what a light, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was lucky enough to interview him in 2016 and I, I actually included it in the news about his death on AAPTcomics.com. And yeah. <clears throat> I asked him, do you have any advice for anyone yeah. um, getting in the business? And something he said is, you are entertaining people. If you're not entertaining, you're not going to stay in the business. He was literally entertaining to the very last moment mm-hmm. with that with that Facebook post. So like, uh, yeah, I, how many creators can you say that about? I mean, he was he was here for our entertainment, and he knew mm-hmm. it, and he enjoyed that, and that's what brought him joy. And yeah, geez, it was uh, it was nice to see creators come out and 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 talk about how important he was to their careers, and yeah, not only as friends but also as just you know younger creators that are coming up, mm-hmm. uh, hugely impactful in the industry, especially in soup comics, for that matter. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, no, it's funny. Like he he's still. Uh, he's one of the writers that I will typically recommend at the drop of a hat. Like I, my, (laughs) my girlfriend's kid is really getting into comics and I was like, I told her you should get her some amethyst books, you know, (laughs) like some, like the, the, the classic, you know, like eighties fantasy. I, I don't know. He, he, he never really stuck to like one particular genre, even, even within soup comics. And I, and I, Mm -hmm. I love that about him. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He was a renaissance man in a way. Totally. And uh, what a way to kick off uh, New York Comic Con 2023. <laughs> uh, the This is an interesting con, to say the least, in part because yeah. this is like the year of creator-owned projects, new ones anyway. No kidding. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, we've talked months and months ago now at this point about Distillery coming mm-hmm. out and being owned by some of comics' biggest creators of the last 10 years. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Uh, earlier this week, Ghost Machine was announced, which is this creator-owned and operated media company. Great name, uh, that includes first of Jason Fabach. I know it's pretty good, right? 
Jason Fabach, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, Francis Manipul, Brad, Brad Meltzer, Meltzer, Peter J. Tomazzi, uh, and Mattel Zut. And some of these creators, you really are, they're very well known, especially sure. when it comes to like DC, uh, Brian Hitch with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I saw someone sharing this news that said something to the effect of like, so who's who's left at the big two after this and, and another announcement coming up. But like, yeah, Jeff Johns especially is such a, a shocking, uh, it is. He's change. a DC lifer. It's right. Yeah. Um, like I, I, we, you know, we've just, we've just now started launching those justice society spinoff books. And it feels like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels like he was moving into a whole new act at DC. And now granted, I'm right. I'm not, always the biggest Jeff Johns guy uh, to, right. to say the least, but I, I it felt like we were really pushing towards something new. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with Scott Snyder kind of leaving Josh Williamson coming in and filling that vacuum, mm-hmm. then Jeff Johns coming back around the same time after Scott Snyder left, right. it felt like, Oh, is, is Johns coming back to do another new 52 or something? Mm-hmm. Or, and it, obviously at this point we can, uh, clearly say that he's not and it well, wasn't really panning out depending but, on who you ask he may have been involved in the you know the aborted 5g plans that that didn't happen right know? which makes sense since him and dan didio were so tight mm-hmm. um I've, I've i've interviewed him more than once and mm-hmm. i mean it's hard to believe he would ever not write a dc book honestly like uh, he, yeah he his greatest works are dc characters. comics yeah yeah like he is I, I I think I uh, I've said this on the show even like his yeah. one of his biggest skills is like knowing who the cousin of a freaking random side character is like <sighs> he knows it like the back of his hand yeah. to the point where he can bring in this like insane level of lore and detail mm-hmm. that some fans crave and now no longer now he's he's taking his Geiger book uh-huh. with Gary Frank and it's sort of launching this this shared universe they have uh, that they've kind of announced there are other books. Announced like the unnamed, um, uh, Rook Exodus, <laughs> uh, Redcoat, which is something that actually has been in the works for some time about uh-huh. Brian Hitch, and yeah, it's, it's a new, a new it's horror universe. Crazy. Uh, yeah, oh, I I like the idea that the unnamed is a group of genre heroes from across history, which you know just very very yeah. much sounds very much sounds like a kind of Justice Society analog, right? And um, in, with this news, it, it, it comes with the fact that all of these creators are going to be exclusive to Ghost Machine once their committed projects are over. Truly wild. And I can't imagine Brian Hitch not drawing a Marvel book. Like, the yeah. dude, I feel like Marvel's been leaning on, I mean, on Brian Hitch for a couple of years now. Because mm-hmm. not only covers, but, you know, Venom and obviously uh, Ultimate Invasion recently. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best at drawing really fast and high detail. So... Marvel has to fill some gaps, I think, and DC even more so with this news. There was a hot Francis Manipul. Yeah, I was about to say, there was a hot minute there where Francis Manipul was drawing every variant cover for DC. (laughs) Uh, And it's just, it's so, I mean, maybe that's part of it is like, I really, you know, want and deserve more interior work or, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe they're, maybe they are getting something more creatively fulfilling that they're not getting from DC um also or money that's exactly what i was about to say like (laughs) it it may just be this is where the money is this is the more financially secure i'm in charge of my own destiny you know which i i can respect and understand 
So if you're curious, um, so Geiger is kind of like the the book that's leading into everything. Uh-huh. There'll be two issues, in one in November, one in December, and then in January there's this Ghost Machine 64 page one shot, similar to what Distillery did, uh-huh. uh, giving you little bits of every story, and then the big full launch of Geiger Redcoat Rook Exodus mm-hmm. is uh, April 2024, and then there are three more titles that are going to come after that at some point. So April is mm-hmm. kind of far away. Um, but what a bold <laughs> drop of news into New York Comic Con this year. This was definitely the right place to, the right time to announce it though, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got yeah, almost yeah. six full months of lead up and, and hype building from here. Yeah, for sure. It got and, my attention. I mean, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what the books are like. I, you know, I wasn't yeah. really wild about Geiger, but I know that it's got a big yeah. following already. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what's interesting is, um, image isn't like, doesn't own Ghost Machine, but they're right. publishing their books. So I guess they have an autonomy as if it's like an image within an image, if you mm-hmm. catch my drift. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Creators coming together and creating their own outfit, but still needing Image Comics to publish the books. Hey, if it works, um, why not? Yeah, if it works, yeah. Uh, image, again, blowing us all away with more mm-hmm. news. Um, we already knew Rick Remender's giant generator signed a three-year deal with Image a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, well, uh, the cat is out of the bag as far as what Rick is up to um, with a bunch of news out this week, including the fact that a ton of really big artists are going to be exclusive to Giant Generator, uh, including Daniel Acuna, Andre Lima Arujo, which is on the show recently. Yes. He's doing that Brian, Med- Brian, Brian Michael Bendis book. That's right. Yeah. What a what a an, an incredible artist, like super detailed, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Jeff Darrow level. And that's the thing that we were talking about when we were looking at this list. You know, we've got... Uh, Bengal, we've got uh, Max Pumara, Mike Hawthorne, J.G. Jones, uh, Yannick mm-hmm. Paquette. Like, these are all people who do extensively detailed uh, and beautiful work. Um, which Paul you know, Azaseta, who just came off Punisher. Oh my gosh, yeah, crushing on Punisher. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I don't know how exclusive they really are, because later we'll be talking about, you know, um, <laughs> Daniel Acuna doing a Marvel book mm-hmm. with Chip Zdarsky, but... Uh, another bunch of, you know, seasoned, incredible artists that Marvel and DC have been leaning on for mm-hmm. years, basically plucked away for a creator own, which that, again, if you're not paying your artists, this uh, is what's hopefully should happen so that maybe Marvel and DC will get their shit together and start paying people. Agreed. I mean, this is uh, what I would assume is that people, uh, people like Daniel Acuna, you know, they're, they're honoring their pre-existing contracts before moving into the exclusivity clause yeah but like probably it's, yeah. it's interesting right like that that typically happens with a big uh you know merge or takeover like that uh it's a i mean it, the, both giant generator and ghost machine have pulled a coup here and yeah it's yeah. kind of thrilling to see i i i want to see what what this leads to and like you said it could it could lead to some you know uh either some major overhauls and how the big two are running their contracts or it could just result in a lot of up-and-comers suddenly getting yeah. pushed into the big leagues for sure yeah because there's going to be the, some gaps to fill absolutely uh, and then you know giant generator like i said it's only a three-year deal so right. you know in three years all of these artists could be drawing so superman all of them all at once just <laughs> one book <laughs> i would actually read that they're all drawing on top of each other they draw one panel. Each one does a panel, a panel, panel. They don't even have a script. They just do it. <laughs> Actually, I'd read that. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so uh, um, amongst this news is also the fact that 
two titles were announced. Actually, three titles were announced mm-hmm. uh, by Image Comics at New York Comic Con. One is called Gromits, which is a book uh, co-written by Remender and Brian Posehn uh, mm-hmm. with Brett Parson on art. Uh, this is like a skater book. Uh, it sounds super fun. So Remender says in the press release, I spent the first 11 years of my life being humiliated in competition team sports, but that all ended the day I rode up skateboard. I spent the summer <laughs> of 1984 skating from morning to night. Soon all my friends were with me. Life became more fun than it had ever been before. Um, so in Gromit's two outcast best friends navigate the Sacramento suburbs of 1984. What is this? Biographical? I love that. I think that sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds like a really like personal story. And the artwork is so like fun and cartoony and expressive. Yes, yeah. And I think Posein is going to bring some interesting humor to it, I'm sure. Oh, totally. I mean, you can already, you know, there's a lot of metal, uh, like a Judas Priest t-shirt in the preview yes, images. Yes. And yeah, I, I, that's like kind of Posein's sweet spot is, you know, 80s metal uh, culture and stuff like that. So that that should be a fun time. I honestly don't even remember, when was the last time there was a skate book? Skate comic book? Um, Can't think of any. I don't know. Tony Hawk's comic of the world. That's it. That's the one. Do you remember when he took over video games? That was wild. Yeah. Do you remember, um, when, also announced, do you remember when the, yeah. the Pro Skater <laughs> remake was mm-hmm. like one of Activision's best-selling yeah. titles in years, and then they were just yeah. like, yeah, we don't feel like making any more of these. Well, they were so bummed when that uh, skateboard controller failed that they were oh, like, yeah, why, sure. why even try anymore? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They probably could have just kept coming out with those and nobody would have stopped buying them. Um, also announced Rick Remender and Bengal are teaming for Napalm Lullaby. Great title. Uh, this one, it is, isn't it? Um, dystopian and then also, epic. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see dystopian... After writing comics news for the last, I don't know, five, six years, mm-hmm. I'm just like, another dystopian? Like, good <laughs> it's lord. A good, it's a good word, is, though. Uh, yeah. We're going to have uh, Robbie Thompson on soon to talk about uh, his dystopian futuristic book. Nice. But this one is a, uh, what if a child with unimaginable power was discovered and raised to believe he was God by a cult built upon hatred and populated by zealots, utterly confident in the purity and absolute moral authority of the religion? Rick... Please make your sentences shorter. Uh, that took ages to get through. But uh, I, I love Bengal's description of this where he says, like, it is part road warrior and part Superman. Like, this is a sort of a superhero yes. origin story starting with a character that is, uh, yeah, basically been raised to, to hate everything mm-hmm. and rule and- everything. This has a bunch of uh, variants by a lot of the exclusive artists like Yannick yeah. Beckwet and J.G. Jones. Eric Powell is also on this, um, who has his own label at Dark Horse. That's right. But um, the, uh, the the covers are just gorgeous Fantastic. for this. Um, and, you know, honestly, this is kind of interesting. Um, variant covers of this quality are typically, you know, mostly just DC and Marvel's doing. Mm. To me, this is Remender kind of playing by their playbook a little bit with an indie book to have... Uh, what is this? Seven covers? Well, he's, eight covers? Yeah, he's coming out swinging, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's saying, like, that, yeah, we're gonna do things a little differently. And Bengal's art looks Oof, super cool, so pretty, so clean. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're coming out. Like you said, they're coming out swinging with some um, interesting titles coming mm-hmm. up soon. Um, obviously in twenty twenty four, but uh, yeah, game changing, creator owned stuff happening. Uh, oh, yeah. on the reverse side of things, <laughs> licensed <laughs> properties. Are coming at you hot. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery, which I hate saying, mm-hmm. 
I'd like to just drop that discovery part, um, <laughs> is teaming up with Dynamite yeah. to put out Thundercats first, mm-hmm. but then also Wizard of Oz comics? The I've seen this before. Also, but it's like, it's a ton of Hanna-Barbera properties, which is so weird right. because DC... DC was publishing them just a few years ago. Jeff Parker was doing Future Quest. Uh, you know, we had mm-hmm. uh, we had the Snagglepuss Chronicles. We, you know, the Flintstones. Like some truly fantastic. In fact, my first published review for AIPT Comics mm. was yeah. Nightwing meets Magilla Gorilla. So it's very <laughs> weird to see good old days. Them like this. This feels like a we need the money kind of move, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But now Dynamite. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> Dynamite has already been publishing books from big corps, sure. uh, right? Like they've got these Disney villain comics coming out, right. like Scar and Maleficent. So th- maybe like Warner saw what they were doing and going, hey, maybe we can do that and have less overhead and they'll just mm-hmm. take on the overhead and put out these books. But like you were saying, I don't know how you're going to top the Flintstones that DC put out. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And... Unless you can just fill, uh, you fill their the comic shops with sexy Flintstones covers, will, which Dynamite will do. They will. <laughs> I, I will announce from the rafters till the day I die that Batman Elmer Fudd is so much better than it has any right to be. Um, That's right. The but but I am excited about this. The idea of a new Space Ghost series, a, a new a new Powerpuff Girls series, is really fun. Um, but all it, Dynamite has a proven track record with licensed books. Um, and Thundercats is coming to us from Declan Shalvey and Drew Moss. Yes, that's going to rule, I think. Which is a sort of retelling of the first uh, story arc from from the Thundercats cartoon series, a, a, book, a show that I absolutely adored when I was a kid. It's so cool. And like, it's like that Dino Writers one, too. Like, these books <laughs> sure. have inbuilt memory. Like, we have memories of this shit. Yes. We want more content of this mm-hmm. stuff. So Thundercats is like a super no-brainer to me. That's going to rule, I think. What I'd love is if this does well enough that we can get a continuation of the... There was a reboot series of Thundercats in the mid-2000s that I loved so much that got canceled after one season. Uh, and I would love to see more where that came from. But this is this is a really cool start. The cover, which you can see on amputeecomics.com, it's like uh, Francesca, what is his name? Um, the the artist that does those fantasy covers. Um, he's passed away of now. Oh, Fra- it's like Frank Frazetta. Yeah. Frank Frazetta, thank you. Um, it's got this dark vibe, but also like painterly, uh, uh-huh. highly detailed look. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I'm really hyped for that. I'm not, I'm not so hyped for a Wizard of Oz book. I mean, we've seen, I mean, even Marvel's put out Wizard of Oz comics themselves. Right. Uh, and... But, like, we'll Space see. Ghost could be really interesting. Uh, yeah. It, it depends on what creators they get on these books. Powerpuff Girls, even. Like, it's been a yeah. minute since we've had new Powerpuff Girls stories, so why not? Yeah. I mean, and, and look, I, I know my dad is going to be buying Johnny Quest, like, day one, so it's exciting. <laughs> oh, if they can get uh, Jeff Parker on that, right? We'll just, oh, we'll just, re- just, we'll just continue to do his... Exactly, yes. We Bear Bears. What the hell is that, though? We Bear Bears. Uh, really, really fun animated series. That was on Cartoon Network. Uh, super cute, really great cast. I think Bobby Moynihan is one of the bears. It's, it's oh. bears having little adventures. <sighs> I, I don't missed like it. that I in the announcement. Uh, it's inappropriate. It's wrong. We don't do bears. They are naked. Bears are evil. They are bear bears. <laughs> so Winnie the Pooh had just a shirt on. How lewd is that? 
I know, right? Well, He's maybe, laughing out of I'd love to sorrow, get Wee Bear folks. Bears versus Winnie the Pooh now that Winnie the Pooh's in public domain. Oh, yeah. Thundercats versus Wizard of Oz. Love that. Dorothy uses her uh, magic shoes to zip them into outer space and leave them there where I, they explode I, into ice. I mean, real talk, how long do you think it will take before we get Powerpuff Girls versus Vampirella and Red Sonja? <laughs> God, that would be insane. Well, what if they could manage to get like the gargoyles in there, you know? Hell yeah. Thundercats versus gargoyles? That shit would sell. (laughs) Um, Speaking of let's go, actors are getting into the comic scene. Tom Hardy, yes, Mm -hmm. the the, the bane of it all. And Scott Snyder are teaming up for a a book called Arcbound. It's a Mm -hmm. 12-issue series starting in March. They yet to find, have found a publisher, but at, at the rate of our news today, it'll uh-huh. probably be Image Comics. Um, but uh, they're teaming up with Frank Thierry and Ryan Smallman to basically launch this new universe. Hardy is like a creative consultant, essentially. Mm. I think it's he's kind of got a big idea probably here. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, uh, he's, he's got like an outline and, and the other guys are filling it out. And that's, look, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, it, obviously... Uh, it's always kind of interesting to see someone cross over from another medium. But like Tom Hardy says in this press release, like he loves storytelling. So he's like, why not, you know, if I have the opportunity to work with these, you know, masters of the form, why not, you know, go for it and tell this big, huge sci-fi story I've had in my head. I mean, Oscar Isaac was pulling it off with Christian Ward uh, a year or two ago now. And I mean... Honestly, if I was Tom Hardy and I had probably a decent amount of money in the bank, <laughs> why not hook up with one of the biggest comics writers and Absolutely. see what I can do and then have people draw me into the cover and yeah. <laughs> interior pages because yes. you can clearly see Tom Hardy is represented here in the, uh, the one of the main covers. Let the games begin. Someone on our AIPT Discord uh, copy-pasted a, a line from the summary of this book uh-huh. and was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I'm just going to read it to you. Yeah, yeah. The Arkbound series chronicles the journey of Kai, a resolute medi- mediator captain tasked with maintaining Zenitech's lifeline to Chronium. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. that is so sci-fi weird. I'm well, like, normally what? Normally you don't put, yeah, normally you don't put all of the like sci-fi term, and not, like the, the slang, the in-universe slang into the solicit. You have to, you know, like, I don't know what your cromulent crystals are doing. Like, I, got, I need you to tell me <laughs> what that is. Like, but is I this also just like, respect it that he's just like, yeah, get on board and get out. That's my, uh, yeah, Brock it's impression. just, it's definitely a barrier. I think, uh, I, unless you're like a Dune fan and you like this weird stuff that makes no sense unless you dig deep. And I am. And I do. <laughs> Nathan's a good dig deeper. I know it. I am. This is true. I'm a deep this digger. Is a fact. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm highly curious. If you're at New York Comic Con uh, this week, and if you're listening to this on Sunday morning, uh, there is a booth, and you can go check mm-hmm. it out. I think there's an ash can you could check out as well. Um, it hasn't been released to press yet, but yeah, you can get a taste. You can get a little taste before it comes out in March. And moving on from uh, deep digging to Andy Diggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how's that? Uh, NYCC also uh, introduced a new Elseworld series from DC. Yes, DC Comics uh, has uh, they blew us away with more Batman content. Essentially, they sure did. They're relaunching their Elseworlds line, which mm-hmm. is funny because I've been talking to a couple friends for like four years, thinking it was going to happen soon. But hey, it's finally here. Uh, DC vs. Vampires is getting a sequel series from mm-hmm. Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which is, you know, so renowned due to Mike Mignola's incredible uh, book. 
is also getting a 12-issue series from Andy Diggle and Leandro Fernandez, which you were yeah. getting to. This one's exciting. Yeah, Gotham by Gaslight, the Kryptonian Age, is about the Victorian Batman putting together his own Justice League uh, and kind yeah. of putting together a, a mystery involving Krypton. Um, we've also got uh, Batman the Barbarian by Greg Smallwood, uh, which, <laughs> yes. I mean, on its surface, maybe not a concept that I immediately jumped for, but if it's Smallwood doing the whole thing, I'm so into yes. that. Um, oh, it's going to be so gorgeous. Dark Knights of Steel All Winter, a miniseries by Jay Kristoff and Terso Kahn's, uh, telling a story uh, involving a, a very Viking-esque Deathstroke uh, set in yes. the Dark Knights of Steel universe. Um I'm not a big Deathstroke guy, but uh, I love yeah. the concept art here and uh, the the idea behind it of Deathstroke and basically like the frozen tundra uh, as a as a sort of Conan the Barbarian type. I'm very much into. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the one among these that I'm the most excited for though is Green Lantern Dark uh, by Tate Bromble yes. and Werther Deladera. Um, it's got a cool like magic vibe. Beautiful. It's got the staff with a lantern on it. Yeah, it's uh, a a world that seems to have been overrun by the undead. Possibly, uh, the battle mm. between good and evil ended long ago, and the only superhero left is a is a Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, beautiful artwork here, uh, which you can see on aptcomics.com. Uh, and she's on an isolated island of New England, which is near me. So yeah. I think uh, I have to read it. You got to look out like... your window and see the Green Lantern. <laughs> I can see water from one of my windows. So um, we've also got <laughs> Batman Nightfire by Clay and Seth Mann. Uh, a a you, you 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 were absolutely right. Like this feels like <laughs> classic, <laughs> but it's also very classic Elseworlds because like how many of those books were Batman? They were like, what if Batman was Elliot Ness? What if Batman right. was, a, was a pirate? What if Batman right. was a spaceman? Uh, what if Batman <laughs> was Green Lantern? <laughs> what if I was Batman? Can we do that one? I like that. This art reminds me of Sean Murphy's universe for some reason. I was thinking that, but it's it's also the pitch is what secrets does this Batman hold so tight that he would watch Gotham be reduced to ashes? And I'm like, that is sort of... Sounds like White Knight mixed with, uh, honestly, the current Batman run. Um, mm. but I'm, I'm curious to see, yeah, what they what their take on this is. Fun fact, yeah. if you put a piece of coal in this Batman's bum, it turns to a diamond. Oh, you can tell he's flexing hard. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 100%. Uh, um, and then I already mentioned it, but DC vs. Vampires World War V, a 12-issue yeah. series by Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt is coming as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a interesting piece of art here with Harley in like leathers and it looks like Damien spiked baseball bat and a nun. Who's this nun character? I think it might be Helena Bertinelli, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I do. I know. I do know that that's definitely Zealot, which is dope. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't a big uh, World War or uh, DC versus Vampires guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that it had some really fun elements to it that just didn't really hold together over time. My thing was like, it could have been six issues, not 12. It, I think it would have read a lot better. Well, it was 12 issues plus like five spinoff miniseries. Oh, yeah. So it like, mm -hmm. there were things that happened in a, in a one shot that like, like by the end of the book, I was like, wait, why is this character a ghost? When did they die? <laughs> you know? Like, sure. Yeah. It was getting confusing. It got really sure. confusing. Um, so I don't know, maybe it works better in a self-contained format. I, I, I truly, truly don't know. Um, but, uh, the, the, yeah, that'll have the last of the heroes 
um, battling against Barbara Gordon, the queen of the vampires, which, you know, uh, didn't love that <laughs> ending either. <laughs> Spoiler alert yeah. for yeah uh dc versus vampires it's interesting like with you know deceased isn't in this list first off but also dc's been doing these elseworlds on the side like deceased for a couple years now now they're like hey let's let's call it elseworlds let's do this like oh not shared universe but this shared line of elseworlds which is fun but my question is so what is black label now Ah, because yeah, we've got all of these black label books that are currently running that are, you know, we, we they've just recently sort of made clear black label doesn't necessarily mean mature readers. It's just stories out of continuity. And and so I'm I don't know. It just it feels like when they launched black label while Vertigo was still going, you know, right. I, right. I, I just feel like there's not a clear vision here. Like what what is it about? the last days of Lex Luthor that makes it a black label book and not an Elseworlds book. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe they don't want to make the same mistake and be like, you know, DC black label, uh, DC vertigo. And then all of a sudden, like six months later, like, ah, oh, the sales are bad. DC vertigo is dead. <laughs> right. Ver- vertigo rest in piss. You know, like I just, <laughs> exactly. Still yeah. So mad about all of that. I just want to back into it or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. DC had some other interesting news, mm-hmm. uh, including, they're at their Superman Superstars uh, this panel, uh, basically explaining that Action Comics will be now written by rotating artists for different story arcs, including Jason Aaron will be doing his own Superman run uh, called I, Bizarro, Fun. Uh, which has some pretty cool covers. And then Joshua Williamson will be taking over a little bit later in the year, next year, uh, which will be introducing this Brainiac Queen. Yeah. There's also... What appears to be uh, a uh, uh, Superman and Connor and and Kara fighting against a whole bunch of Lobo clones? Is that what yeah, I'm yeah, seeing yeah. here? Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, I didn't I wasn't even looking at it. Including you know young sexy Lobo from the New Fifty Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Uh, all the all the supers uh, in this fight here. I love it. No, that's exciting. I I saw some chatter about people being like, "Well, you know, Williamson's really stretching himself then." But I'm I. I <laughs> How long has that happened happening? <laughs> right, but also, you know, it's not like he's taking over Action Comics permanently. He's going to be doing, no. you know, a, you know, it looks like these are going to be three to four issue arcs. Yeah, to be honest, uh, and Philip Kennedy Johnson came on Twitter and said he's wrapping things up, and that's uh-huh. why this is happening. To be honest, it feels to me a bit like DC doesn't quite know who the ongoing action comics person will be right. so let's just give a bunch of creators a chance to do you know three four or five issue story arcs right which i you know what i'm fine with i i think if this if action comics becomes sort of an all-star batman kind of vibe which i yeah. was a, oh, a yeah. huge fan of scott snyder's all-star batman with the rotating artists uh i'm into that give give people a chance to write you know three issues of their ideal superman story I saw a lot of people excited for Jason Aaron on Superman, considering his, you know, epic runs on Thor and oh, Avengers. Yeah. No, he knows I, how to I can't wait superhero. to see what he does with it. <laughs> for sure. Something else, I, th- I don't know, do you like John Constantine? I forget. <laughs> so you're sharing your screen with me, and you flipped over to this artwork, and I got chills. Uh... <laughs> I cannot yeah. believe this. Yeah, John Constantine is back, baby. Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell are reteaming with Jordi, uh, Jordi Belair yeah. to basically continue their run that 
was unceremoniously ended and everyone was really pissed off like what two years ago now it ended yeah it basically during because of covid and dc you know took such a huge hit uh yeah the the uh, john constantine john constantine hellblazer series was canceled at uh issue 12 uh and uh, you know plus a, a special you know hellblazer special so 13 issues but they it ended with a massive cliffhanger uh, mm-hmm. that I still consider to be one of the best endings to any comic I've ever read. And yeah. I, the the plan for, you know, shortly after it was canceled, Cy Spurrier tweeted, my next arc was supposed to be called Dead in America. And sure enough, uh, huh. today, DC announced John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America. It's happening. It's I, happening. I can't believe it. I cannot. Like, this is insane. I Insert the office, uh, the office gif. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty cool idea, too, to have John go to America and possibly interact with these, like, myths and stuff of American lore, right? Yeah. It, it's, it feels like their spin on Alan Moore's uh, American Gothic storyline from... Uh, from Swamp Thing back in the day. So I, I you know, yeah. John going from city to city, trying to put together uh, something that's happening in America. He's also on the run. He's wanted for murder. Uh, he's, he's encountering a uh, dream of the endless, uh, which yep. in this artwork, uh, this cover by Aaron Campbell, it sure as hell looks like that's Morpheus and not Daniel, which I think is very right. interesting. Right. Um, yeah. And he's also uh, encountering Alec Holland, the Swamp Thing, which, you know, Firmly sets this in a continuity before uh, Levi Kamei was an, uh, you know was introduced. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks like they're driving one of those red double decker <laughs> right. UK buses in America, which is kind of a funny idea. That's fun. <laughs> uh, and you know, spoilers for uh, Hellblazer, but that series ended with John basically as a zombie. He. He, he died uh, and is still walking around without a heartbeat, can't breathe. And as this series picks up, he's starting to decay and he's trying to figure out how right. to, how to stop this. And in some of the interior artwork we've been uh, given, he is at the fountain of youth trying to figure out that place's whole deal, <laughs> which, which I love. Uh, I'm going to just throw out a, I'll go on a limb here and say, yeah. you're probably going to want to review this series. What's that? You're gonna to want to review this series. Oh yeah, it's it's eight <laughs> issues. Starts in January. Uh, I cannot believe it. I, I like this is a this is a, a gift. Dream this come a dream true. Come true. It truly is yeah. a dream come true yeah. for for Hellblazer fans. I I believe uh, this is like the perfect time to go pick up. There's two collections. You can read the whole series. Uh, there is a cameo in the first issue by Keanu Reeves' John Constantine, which is oh, really? <laughs> truly wild. Oh, I yeah. forgot that. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Which makes me wonder if there were ever plans to like actually bring him into the series. But yeah. You know, with all this like creator-owned and folks going exclusive on their own mm-hmm. news, it's nice to see DC giving Cy and Aaron the chance to continue what they wanted to do. Because I yeah. just based on how Cy talked on Twitter, like it was a blow that he couldn't tell the story. And two years later, he gets to. Well, and it was such a blow that Spurrier basically went on to do a, a different creator-owned series about... Oh, know, that's true. Essentially telling a Constantine story without Constantine. Like, about, mm-hmm. his, you know, a, a the, the daughter of a particularly uh, ornery British sorcerer. <laughs> 
Right, right. Damn them all. That's the that's the name Damn of the series, yep. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Boom Studios. Uh huh. Um, and then in some a last bit of news. So there's some other DC news that happened. They released a trailer for Grandpa's Batman, for instance. But oh, yeah. uh, uh-huh. <laughs> bit of a shock. Not not a lot of detail, but. DC is going to be releasing an alternate ending to Batman number 428, mm-hmm. A Death in the Family. The alternate ending that lost the vote right. uh, is going to see a light of day, so, which is yeah, crazy. <laughs> so for our listeners who don't know this story, uh, like DC had a, had a call-in poll in the 80s of should Robin die? Because Jason Todd was a very controversial character, and... Uh, he was killed off by a very small percentage of the vote. Uh, but 72 votes, folks. In, 72 in, out of 10,614. And depending on who you talk to, there may have been a lot of rigging and bot, like early like, <laughs> bot calls, basically. Sure. But the, um, the yeah, in, in anticipation of this, DC had two different... Uh, story like two different sets of pages mocked up or drawn up mm-hmm. just in mm-hmm. case he survived and, and it's very they're very close to one another aside from you know Bruce saying like oh my god he's breathing you know um, <laughs> yeah sure so yeah th- but this is aside from like a couple of like low quality scans that have made their way onto the internet over the years this has never been actually fully colored and released right. yeah Jim Starlin and Jim Aparo uh-huh. uh, their story will finally get told it's the one so that interesting in another universe. Yeah, I wonder why now. Is there some sort of... It doesn't say there's any anniversary, but maybe there's something. Um, but I, I will say, the death. I mean, I'm not saying anything new. A Death in the Family is not a particularly good story. Like, it hasn't held up super well in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I do think this is really cool because, you know... It, it, these are two great creators that yeah there's a it's a it's essentially a lost story a very a, a, a particular what if you know mm-hmm. um, oh, that's true yeah uh, I, what I, if before it was cool i think it's because this weekend uh is the 35th anniversary of uh death in the family uh oh, book okay, three yeah. so that i mean it's an odd number to put this out on but <laughs> sure <laughs> that might be what's up well, if you want to pick it up, it's out December 12th. Right on. Um, moving on to Marvel Comics yeah. news, which actually up until Saturday was mostly just cover reveals, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and some story details for Avengers, uh, Gemma McKay's Avengers, um, as well as uh, Moon Knight, Vengeance of Moon Knight, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing like Earth Shattering, Immortal Thor, number six. And seven, we got some story details. Um, Al Ewing and Martin Cocolo's run on this is epic and oh yeah, it's fantastic, so cool. And then of course there was a ton of gang war uh, art that was uh, gang I'm saying this war. because go to aiptcomics.com and see all this art. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, all the books coming out in January for Amazing Spider-Man. They basically release all the solicit information and covers for that. Um, again, I'm I'm not seeing a ton of like earth shattering information. Yeah, like, the big thing that you told me was like, oh, it sounds like Luke Cage is getting a new suit costume um, yeah and then cody ziggler uh and partha pratim are, are setting up some interesting stuff in miles morales yeah. uh yeah the uh, they're they're teasing the most dangerous supervillain in spidey's history uh which i i believe might still be his battle against the go- the hobgoblin but the mm-hmm. they're setting everything up for the big uh anniversary spider-man number 300 issue in uh mm-hmm. march 
which that's exciting. The, the, the Ziggler's run on Miles Morales has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, not a, not a ton of huge stuff. I know we've got, you know, the Marvel Next Big Thing panel. Uh, yes. Which, as we're recording, hasn't happened yet, but we know a few <laughs> things that, that are going to be discussed. We do. We have some solicited information and we have some art to look at, uh-huh. um, including every, we already know a new fall of the house of X is yes. coming a five issue series by Jerry Dugan and Lucas Warneck. But now we know Kirkoa has just begun to fight. That's right. Cyclops is on trial for the, for a death. He's under the death penalty. Oh God. Um, it feels very much like they're kind of wrapping up maybe this fall of X line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're saying the conclusion to the Kirkoa age. So, I know a lot of people are really worried about this because they've loved the Krakoan Age, but like, what is said this next, in a previous episode, right? like the Krakoan Age has lasted longer than most ages, to be honest. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so we've gotten a lot. And then also Kieran Gillen's Rise of the Power of X, mm-hmm. or is it the Power of Ten? Uh, <laughs> I hate the X-10 thing. It's <laughs> making me so mad. I don't know what to say. Um, the solicit says the fight for Krakoa has been lost. So as you can see, there's a mirroring going on between these two titles um but in this 10 years ago the mutants returned from their exile to try and reclaim earth from the forces of orcas so this is obviously set in future, the future. story yeah mm-hmm. that's exciting so, also yeah. as you know as cyclops faces the death penalty magneto faces his resurrection <laughs> i mean he didn't die very long did he, he didn't sure he die didn't. only this year <laughs> i think something like that or like late last year I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Time is mm-hmm. a construct. His heart was, heart was ripped out by uh, one of the uh, Eternals, right? And uh, Thanos' um, great-uncle or something, or great-great-grandfather. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't either. And oh then Magneto had the we're, audacity we're to have his blood, pump his own blood without a heart with his powers God, that was while, so while also fighting. Like, how yeah. cool is that? I do love that. I love that about him. Uh, somehow Storm is going to bring Magneto back to life. Uh, I hmm. truly hope he just, she just electrocutes him and he wakes up like Jason <laughs> Voorhees. Um, no, he should be like in this like glass tower and she comes and she gives him a smooch. Okay, I like that. he just wakes up. What yeah. if... <laughs> can we talk about the fact that so this is written by al ewing and art by uh, luciano vecchio and this the solicit begins all caps one word life death life death so is, <laughs> i'm wondering if magneto's gonna be a zombie oh shit maybe it does say can magneto bear to return mm. he's gonna be like what the hell i'm like rotting dude yeah that's how he talks now <laughs> so too. sleepy <laughs> Also announced Infinity Paws. Hell yeah. Jason Liu and now Fuji. Uh, this one has some fun art, which has the... Jeff <laughs> the Shark. It has Jeff the Shark, it does, but it also has a log line of the Clawsover of the Century. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I don't know It what appears to, to be that. Jeff the Shark, uh, Gator Loki, uh, Pizza Dog, and... Um, uh, not Goose. What's the what's the cat's name in the comics? My brain is not working uh, today. Let's just say Goose for now. Okay, get, Captain Marvel's that. cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the art all looks pretty cool. The like, for instance, the Chewy. rise of the uh, powers of thank you, Chewy. Rise of the powers of ten. Yeah, the cover has um, some interesting details here. Like, for instance, it looks like Iron Man has got some Krakoa attack going on. Uh huh. If that is Tony Stark in that suit, but it is an Iron Man suit. 
And uh, Wolverine, of course, looking, you know, chipper and young. And Kate Pride looks like some sort of demon. I don't know what's going on with her. Mm. Yeah, um, also exciting. revealed is a bunch of details for the Ultimate Universe. We were talking about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they teased Ultimate Spider-Man a few weeks ago. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, of course, is writing with Marco Cicchetto. Um, the solicit does not tell us if it's Peter or Miles or whoever is in that costume, which makes me so mad. We do know that the maker sort of manipulated things so that Peter Parker didn't become Spider-Man, though, right? right? So and, it's right. So it can't be Peter. And right? he seemed to have hinted in uh, Ultimate Invasion that there is no because Miles is the ultimate Spider-Man, right? And yep. since he's in six one six, Miles Morales didn't become Spider-Man in the new Ultimate Universe. So this has got to be a new character. You think, but or, or a character know. we know becoming Spider-Man. Either way, I'm I'm excited to see what this is. Yeah, no, me too. And I mean, you can't beat this creative team, honestly. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Also revealed Ultimate Black Panther. Yeah, uh, coming out in February, written by Brian Hill with art by Stefano Caselli. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, Ultimate Black Panther. We're starting from scratch essentially here. Uh, and it's a it's a he's fighting against the Moon Knight who is trying mm. to take over Africa. Uh, I, I I love this. I, I love the uh, the Black Panther as a revolutionary. Uh, I mm. love uh, this creative team. Uh, Blade has been so fucking good uh, yeah. so far. Um, and you know, the, the, the two books that they mention in the solicit are Brian Hill's Blade and Killmonger, both of which I think are 10 out of 10 books. Really good. Really good. And, and self-contained too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, we didn't say this because maybe we assume people would know, but yeah, the ultimate universe is getting a full reboot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's not necessarily starting from scratch, scratch. Cause there is some ties to the old ultimate universe, of uh-huh. course. But uh, yeah, I think this is Marvel trying to bring in a new, a new younger audience that doesn't necessarily know the 60, 70 year <laughs> lore that we, uh, of course, took 30 years of our lives to understand and, and study. Well, and if, uh, if I'm any indication, they're also going to bring in some mid-30s fans who are very excited to see new takes on the Ultimate Universe. Right, um, right. Like Ultimate X-Men, written and drawn by Peach Momoko. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's been cutting a rug. Is that right? And yep. uh, being awesome uh, with her, you know, Japanese lore Demon myth um, ties to Marvel Universe. And now she gets to freaking take on the X-Men line. No pressure coming out in March. Uh, I'm very fascinated. Indication: The cover art is a is armor. Uh, hopefully, maybe yes. is the main character, which I think is very exciting. Yeah, so even though it's called Ultimate X-Men, maybe it's going to be more singular on one character. I'm not or, sure. There's not a lot of details. Yeah, more it. like ground level, you know, people trying to figure out their powers. I, I don't know. We Yeah, we yeah. know nothing about it other than it's Peach Momoko's vision of mutant kind. That's all we know so far. Talk about, like, earning your cred, right? Holy like shit, at this, right? Handing Peach Momoko the X-Men line in an Ultimate Universe, like... You know, I'm I'm so grateful. Like Mark Millar isn't tied to this, which could have happened. Sure, <laughs> probably not. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, she's young. She's proven herself time and time again. Artistry and, and interesting story ideas. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, this is going to be something outside the box. I, we're not going to get a a typical X Men story here, which I I think is very exciting. Um, yeah, and then we also got some uh, cover art from Avengers Twilight. Uh, the, yes. the story about an elderly Captain America, where the 
there's no more crime, but perhaps perhaps the the world still needs saving, whether it knows it or not. Like I love this idea. Uh, the Avengers are strangers. Uh, and Cap's friends are long dead. But is the dream, how do you assemble Avengers in a world that doesn't want them? Uh, huh. That's Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna we were talking about earlier. But this is uh, yeah. this promo image uh, is very striking. You know, an elderly Cap in a sea of people who won't, aren't even giving him a second look. Right, and they've all got, like, text stuff happening in front of their faces. Uh-huh. And there's a Spider-Man, <laughs> like, like hologram? CG, yeah. but yeah, up in the sky, and there's burgers... Looks like maybe Chip will be tackling like consumerism or. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, right, we've got Marvel's Blood Hunt, uh, yes. which seems to be maybe, a, you know, it seems to be in continuity, possibly, a new crossover event uh, written by Jed McKay with art by Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia. He's back, baby. Yeah. Pepe, drawn again at Marvel. He, he had his little Mark Millar. A side project right. for the last six, seven months now. And yeah, it's cool to see him back. And but the question remains, who will bite it? Great tagline. Such <laughs> a good tagline. And uh, it doesn't look good for our heroes. We've we've got Blade no. front and center, which fucking rules. Blade and Miles yeah. Morales, yeah. Uh, who it turns out uh, work really well together. Um, but we've got like this, this preview art is... Like World War Z level monsters crawling over each other, like a yes. wave of vampires slash zombies or something. Um, uh, Brian Hill's been playing with uh, different types of vampires in the Blade book. Like the most recent issue yeah. introduced uh, vampires who look like the Reapers from Blade Two. Um, so I don't know. We're we're kind of rewriting the supernatural rules in the Marvel universe, and I'm here for it. Yeah, if you want to see the promo art uh, by Leon, Lionel Francis Yu, you can go mm-hmm. to amptcomics.com and check it out. But it looks like Iron Man's in big trouble, and also Vision is getting his head ripped. Vision is, is yeah, hard Vision to is do. not looking like he's going <laughs> to do so hot. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so, and later uh, on Sunday, there will also be the um, Women of Marvel panel, which will likely have some interesting news, I'm sure, mm-hmm. which we can't talk about because this airs in the morning on Sunday. But uh... <laughs> Right. <laughs> Wow, what a lot of interesting stuff happening um, between Marvel and DC. Uh, But there's other news as well. Um, Can you believe it? Dark Horse Comics is putting... I know, right? We're still going, and we're almost at an hour. Uh, (laughs) Immortality and Vikings Combined in Kill All Immortals. This one is by Zach Kaplan. Yeah, it is, right? Uh, And Fika Osio, who, of course, worked together before. Uh Uh, It's a three-issue series. Did I say that right? I don't know. Thought it was. It just That's says the series. Said. All right, it's coming out in February. Uh huh. And um, yeah, I'm here for it. The art looks really cool too. Yeah, uh, it's a Viking. Uh, the Viking explorer Eric the Red discovered immortality, and now a thousand years later, they have a, they're billionaires with a banking empire. Uh, and uh, one of the kids, one of Eric's kids wants to get away from her family. But how do you do that when none of them can die? And it sort of opens up this supernatural world to the rest of humanity. Uh, that's a fun idea. It sounds like succession with uh, immortals, like <laughs> which I'm super into. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so myself as well. This was actually an APT exclusive. Yeah. Uh, earlier that, the day that it went out. And last but not least... Anyone up for some Infernals? <laughs> yeah. It's a new ongoing series from Image Comics launching in February. This one's by Ryan Parrott and John Pearsons. 
What a team up. Ryan oh, yeah. has been killing it on Radiant Black stuff, but John also blowing us away with some indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, late actually just came off a project with Zach Kaplan. Um, I, I, it's always bold to me when they announce, especially indie books, mm-hmm. it, a book as ongoing because oh yeah, if you know anything about comics, if you're not making money at issue four, you're probably canceled at five or six. And this, the artwork is gorgeous, uh, unbelievable, scratchy, uh, mixed media kind of stuff, and it is about the son of Satan finding out that he has one month to live. So what does he do with that? Um, <laughs> That's a pretty cool idea. Also, it should be noted, uh, uh, Hassan Atman Elhau is uh, lettering this book, and some just within the first two pages is doing some truly wild stuff with dialogue and captions. I love it. Yeah, and you know his book mindset, uh, Pearson's book uh, that he drew yeah, mindset yeah. is so visionary, with, so inventive. With Zach Kaplan. Yep, mm-hmm. that I'm just so excited to see what they're up to next. And if you go to aptcomics.com, you can see a preview and get a taste. And uh, wow, that's it for news. Are you tired yet? Because we have more. Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> in our next segment, our top books of the week, we're talking about our top two favorite comics out this week. It's been three weeks since it's we've been. done this. Yeah. Um, and uh, my second favorite book of the week was Superior Spider-Man Returns by Dan Slott, Christos Gage, Ryan Segment, Giuseppe Comancoli, Humberto Ramos. Yes, that's right. The Superior Spider-Man has returned. He's back. Although, in this book, it's a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get to see Doc Ock in the present, reminisce about his time as Superior. So, as a fan of Superior, it was great to have him back in the reminiscent scenes. And it sets up a new villain, which will be the main villain in the first story arc. Dan Slott and Mark Bagley will be taking on in November. Um, and it's a powerful character indeed. Uh, I honestly... I'm a homer for Superior, so this know, is why it's on yeah. my, my second favorite. Uh, it's just so great seeing Otto talk. Um, <laughs> I tweeted that I loved it, and Christos Cage actually replied to me and said, I actually was just pretty much running off Dan Slott's script. Even though, in the credits of this book, it mm. says Christos wrote the script. Uh, oh, wow. So I guess that just shows how much of a workhorse Slot is, huh? Yeah, I mean... But I, uh, the I, art... Uh, yeah, you go ahead. No, okay. no, it's it's a great reintroduction to the character. I'm I'm curious to see how this fits into everything else, and and you know, it still hasn't really answered a lot of the questions that I had when this was first announced, which is thrilling, but also, uh, you know, I'm like I, w- I want to know everything. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah, and I, I get, especially because <laughs> Dan Slott was like teasing that there's no clones and there's no time right. travel. And yet we get to the end of this book and we still don't know how Superior is coming back. Unless it's all going to be flashbacks, which would kind of stink in my opinion. Mm. But um, actually an unlettered preview for Superior Spider-Man number one came out on Friday. And it does not show Superior Spider-Man in it, but it does show Spider-Boy and and our 616 Spider-Man mm-hmm. facing off against the villain that's introduced in this book. So... I don't know. Maybe her powers are involved with bringing Doc Ock back into the body. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. What was your second favorite book of the week, though? Oh, man. I loved Wolverine number 38 by Benjamin Percy and Juan Jose Rip. Uh, it's funny. We were talking about this a little bit off mic, but uh, we I, I was halfway through this issue when I was like, this is really like, this is my favorite Wolverine issue in a while, uh, even though I consistently enjoy this series. And then all of a sudden, we're at a, an auction of uh, stuff from Krakoa yeah. with like tons of like cool Easter eggs and callbacks for fans. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is my favorite issue of Wolverine since the last time there was a superhero auction. 
<laughs> where, mm-hmm. excuse me, about a yeah. year ago, there was an issue with uh, Wolverine and Maverick and, and uh, selling off the uh, assets from Weapon X. And uh, this issue was a big team up between Captain America and Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine gets to do some undercover work that leads to a really funny bit where they steal suits from these guys and Cap is still walking around with a uh, shield in his hand. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun book. There's a, a lot of great like riffing with each other. And uh, I, I just love I, anytime these two characters get to hang out and talk about their shared history uh, is, mm-hmm. is fun. Like I, I yeah. love when characters buddies, they, they're buddies, even though and it's so funny to me that they like have an understanding because Captain America and they, they both, they both fought in wars together. They've known each other for decades. Um, mm-hmm. And I love anytime we get to hear another character describe Captain America and what they mean to them. Uh, right. Uh, and it, you could almost feel this book as like Benjamin Percy writing about how cool he thinks Captain America is and using Logan as like the mouthpiece. Uh, but yeah. I mean, when we enter the book, he's shooting pool by himself and then they share a beer. How cool is that? That's great. And, <laughs> and I do love that bit where Logan's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't, I'm supposed to be in hiding. So why don't you go buy the drinks? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That was fun. A nice reference to the fact that, yeah, Arcus is trying to kill all mutants right now. It's a good, it's a good crossover and a fun, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, it felt like Logan deserved to have a little bit of fun, right? Like he just spent two months fighting demons and watched all of his friends die and killing his clones. (laughs) Just let him, let him hang out with Captain America and kick some ass. There's an incredible uh, page where he slices his way down through several layers of a cruise ship. uh, And Mm -hmm. it's just, man, it's fun stuff. It really is. Yeah. I love that. I I think I get an eight and a half out of 10. Nice. Yeah. uh, In my review. Uh, And it's cool. And rip is so good too. The the quality of details. Insane. I, I wonder if Percy will write Wolverine forever at this point. We've gotten to 38 issues, which is unprecedented yeah, in, I wouldn't in this hate era. If he kept writing as long as he wants to, yeah. But man, whoever replaces him, like that's going to be some splashy news. <laughs> right. Tom Brevru, he'll write it. No. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, and then we have to talk about our favorite comic. Oh which, yeah. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you can guess. You're probably not surprised. I'll give you one second. Oh, it's Batman, City of Madness, number one by Christian Ward. Yeah. What an epic book. So beautiful. Interesting ideas. He's running roughshod, just doing what he wants, which he said last week. He was surprised they just let him do whatever. Yeah. Um, I just, to me, this is one of my only 10 out of 10 reviews at AFPT this year. Mm-hmm. I've like, I think I only have two others. Uh, to me, like the the multiple plots happening or uh, at the same time mm-hmm. are all interesting and the pace and, and flow is so good like it sometimes with these you know b or c plots like everything shifts and the book gets like boring or slow but no it just everything's moving along really nicely it perfectly and, sets a yeah. mood it sets up all the characters mm-hmm. like really nicely it gives you a terrifying mystery there's moments that genuinely chill me and and it feels you know christian talked about this a little bit in our interview uh, but you can definitely see it in the final product. It feels like the spiritual successor to Arkham Asylum in a lot of ways. Um, there, right. it, even there are moments in the book where he he kind of starts to mimic 
uh, McKeon's layouts in in really interesting ways and plays with the form on each page. And you really never, it's such a dynamic book that your eye is drawn to every new panel immediately. Like it is, and it's one of those that I, I've reread twice just to take in every little piece of it. Uh, I, this is this is a masterwork. Uh, this is a, it this is. Is a creator working at the the very top of their form. Uh, I, I, I love this book. I can guarantee you uh, when we're talking about our top books of the year in December, there, mm, there's no mm-hmm. way this isn't going to be on both of our no. lists. No way, yeah. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to the other uh, Gotham, below Gotham yeah. uh, creatures, right? There's other creatures that we haven't introduced yet, I think. Yeah. There's a lot. There's um, a lot of stuff to dig into. Uh, and what's going on with Two Face with his personality issues? Oh my gosh! Yeah, so interesting. A great reveal and characters that I never thought I'd see again. And just uh, yeah, he, he's he's Christian Ward was handed the keys to Gotham and then just said, "Okay, uh, it, yep, see what I can do, do with this." <laughs> yeah. Yep. And all and all sprouted too from a piece of art he did of like this Cthulhu Batman. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, and now look, it's coming to, coming to fruition. I mean, this is and... yeah, this is literally like a dream project for him, and he is making mm-hmm. it count. And it's in an extra size format, a larger yeah, format, yeah, um, like almost. I think it's almost magazine size, mm-hmm. and that just uh, like maximizes the art even more too. Absolutely, Man, he's doing it all, and it's great, fantastic. Moving on to our next segment, standout Kapow. moment of the week. What <laughs> moment of the no moment of the week? What? <laughs> We're talking about our favorite panel or page from this week. Nathan, mm-hmm. what do you got? Uh, I look, man. I it, it, I can't kid myself. Uh, every page of City of Madness number one c- could be framed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I narrowed it down to uh, a page from Batman City of Madness number one by Christian Ward, and this is the reveal of the Batman below, uh, in which he rises from a vault uh at the bottom of got underneath gotham and we see it in, it is framed so exquisitely in the center of a vault and all of the action sort of spirals out from it the batman below is saying finally like just a such a proclamation that this is yeah. the worst thing that could ever happen uh, the 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 layout here is unbelievable. The Talon turning his head and the red of his eyes sort of streaking along with it. There's such a feeling of movement all through this page, and I could stare at it for hours. Yeah, I mean, there's even like a shadow of the hand over the yeah. circular rim. Yeah, breaking the fourth wall essentially. Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah, it's really neat, and yeah. Christian's so good at this, like, symmetry, too, yeah. which is so pretty. And yet there's evil things lurking in darkness and whatnot. It, it felt like yeah. one of his, because like, he did these expansive psychedelic pages in Aquaman Andromeda. Uh, and yeah. this, this feels yeah. like of a piece with that. And I just, uh, it, the the f- other one that I came close to picking is the, sh- the page where Batman is driving to Arkham Asylum and we see the asylum sort of outlined in the silhouette of Jeremiah Arkham's face and mm-hmm. <laughs> that forms the, the, the road, the pathway leading up to it. Like, there's so many just really exquisite pages in this book, but this one, this one really stuck out to me. Yeah, such a pretty book. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment came from the call number three by Kelly Thompson and Matea De Lewis. Um, 
this book is just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, every panel is like realistic and the use of color and light is so cool. And there's a moment where our characters have been talking to this red panda alien thing. <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's an alien. Uh-huh. But, uh, and it's shown that it can like change its face. It's kind of creepy. It's got this, like I actually said in my review, it's like a Jim Henson thing going on here where the <laughs> puppet, in this case, the red panda guy, can look innocent, but at a turn of a hat can kind of be really unnerving and weird. Yeah, yeah. And we get this moment where it doesn't like one of the teens and wants to, I assume, kill them. And its whole face becomes this like black hole portal thing sucking in. And it's like so scary. And they're like, fuck off. And one of them who just gained new powers and doesn't really know how to use them. Cyclops blasts this dude or maybe Superman blasts this dude into the forest and uh, the dynamic of this, like, oh my god, and then boom, it's just it's shot away. Like it, it really helps show yes the uh, the, po- the the amount of power how this abrupt team now it has. was too, and how abrupt, yeah, and just like an, an abrupt scary moment too, because mm-hmm. this creature mostly has been like innocent and almost uh, intrigued by them, and all of a sudden it's like gonna suck them into this vortex of death or something. <laughs> right, it's a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I, I love yeah. this. This is like a, a, a great representation of characters suddenly gaining abilities and not really knowing how they work, reacting on yeah. instinct. You get all of that from the body language here as well. I didn't see that coming either. This like super, the, each one getting like superpowers. Yeah, it's a it's a fun twist, and I, I yeah this this book kind of becomes something new with each issue, and I love it. It does. It does. Moving on to our top books for next week, we're going to talk about our most anticipated comics yeah. next week. I can't wait for Hackslash Back to School number one by uh, Zoe Thorgood, mostly because Zoe Thorgood. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not like the biggest Hackslash guy. Uh-huh. She's working in tandem, of course, with Tim Seeley, and, you know, because he's the creator of this, a co creator of this work. But yeah. Zoe can't do anything wrong at this Agreed. point for me. Um, her style, her. She has such a unique take on perspective, but then to bring it to this property that you know it's like monsters and teens and there's a sexiness to it and a violence to it and i think i think it's gonna be real badass so yeah i i I highly recommend checking this out i'm not sure how easy it'll be to jump into it but i'm thinking it'll probably they're gonna probably try to make it more like new reader friendly we'll see help folks catch up yeah 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 that's the fun thing about hack slash is that it it does it they they are feel they, they all feel like kind of standalone stories with there's mm. you know obviously we have a bit of an overarching idea for everything but uh this one's also a you know an untold tale is how they're describing it so i i mm-hmm. feel like maybe it'll be yeah it'll be a good way to get folks caught up and and back on board with hack slash and you're looking forward to an untold tale as well I yes, I am. I, I am really looking forward to Justice League versus King Kong versus Godzilla number one by Brian Bouchelado and uh, Christian Deuce. I look. I I don't know that I have to explain this to you. It's Justice League versus King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, uh-huh. and as, from what I can tell, it seem it seems to be an out of continuity story. Like the the book opens with. Clark, uh, in some of the preview images we've seen, uh, Clark Kent is about to tell Lois Lane his secret identity. So I feel like this this almost mm. reads like, what if you were asked to pitch the film Justice League versus King Kong versus Godzilla? Uh, it seems extremely new reader friendly and also just swinging for the fences with wild action. I mean, during NYCC, we got to see the the cover solicit for number two, and there's a shot of Superman straight up uppercutting Godzilla. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait. This is going to be a fun time. I mean, there's going to be a variant cover that when you open it, it makes a Godzilla or Kong I scream. I mean, know. <laughs> I know. That rules. Oh, man. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. No. But, yeah, not. it's 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 big. It's going to be dumb, but also awesome. I mean, come on. Yes, I'm such a I'm such a fan of kaiju nonsense. And uh, I love I love a big crossover fight. So this is this is exactly for me, I think. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. Yes. Absolutely. Um, moving on to our next segment, judging by the cover. Junior. We oh named God. the dog. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> Okay, okay, Costner. Wait, Costner? Costner no. Connery. Connery. <laughs> Very Jesus. different movie. I just watched the Robin Hood movie uh, oh, sure. again. Wow, what a They're bad They're both movie. in that. It's so good. <laughs> he is in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite cover out next week is Spine Tiggling Spider-Man number one by Lucio, mm-hmm. Lucio Perillo. I actually almost wanted to pick the main cover too, but uh, I don't know. You make a bulky, muscular Spidey, and Spooky I'm like, Spidey. I'm there. I don't know. Yeah. There's something, something about it that's just like so against his usual style but this cover is so cool it's got spider-man got these like almost like dream webs coming off of him go to mm-hmm. and see the cover in full of course on the podcast post and he's got this guy webbed up and he he's a sleepy boy um yeah <laughs> hopefully menacing. spider-man doesn't have a, a some sort of talent or sucker to bleed <laughs> this guy dry because sure. he's in trouble i think he's in trouble but yeah the there's a painterly quality here um that's uh uh, similar to some other artists, uh, but the the use of light on his body too is really I don't know it's like mystical, and yeah I like the detail I don't know I like Spider Man yeah kind of say <laughs> what uh, what cover do you like I really dig the cover for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven XOXO by Jacob Rebelka. Um, this is a, uh, a seemingly a romance themed cyberpunk story. Um, but the artwork that we get for this first issue is a like graffiti inspired mm. take. We, we see one of uh, this, uh, cyber, this, uh, one of the many cyberpunks in night city, uh, with his, yeah. uh, robotic eyes. Um, but I just love the 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 use of color here, the weird sort of um, deformed animal designs that are around him. There's a there's a bird with like uh, springy uh, slinky legs. Yeah, uh, a, a, a an elephant playing piano and wearing cowboy boots. You know all the things that I love. Uh, it's just <laughs> such a weird cover and so striking that I, 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 I paused when I, it came across my desk. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really good use of color. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's, it's sort of uncanny how the floating, is he thinking those things or is it graffiti on the wall? I behind truly him? don't know. I think it could be either. Yeah. yeah well, that's what happens when you have 17 eyes. I've always said that. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Like subscribe, tell your friends that's important. Keeps the show going. Keeps me going. I wake up in the morning. I go, where's my like? Where's my subscribe? Because <laughs> I have a chart that's given to me by my assistant. Yeah. We're special goes, boys. Sir, we, the, need, we need your validation. The numbers aren't looking good. You need to ask for more <laughs> reviews. Right. Do it on the show. Next episode, please. Sir, do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.